Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. One month into the start of the college football season, we've had plenty that has stood out to us so far especially about these Ohio State Buckeyes who really look like a national championship and uh, certainly at a minimum a Big Ten championship caliber team. We've got plenty that we learned from this past week. We addressed that on yesterday's podcast. In the meantime, as we start looking forward to the Michigan State Spartans, I'm going to tell you what we want to hear from Coach Day here this afternoon when he addresses the media. We'll talk a little bit about Big Ten football. What in the world is going on over in the West? Buckeye Breakdown Tuesday morning here on, uh, on Buckeyes Now with Sports Illustrated. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Well, good morning, everybody, and happy Tuesday. Thanks for making Buckeye Breakdown part of your stop as you get ready for the Buckeyes and the Michigan State Spartans coming up this weekend. I'm Brendan Gulick, along with Craig Heisen, and uh, you can find this podcast wherever you like to find your favorite podcasts. We're certainly available on Apple, Spotify, and and the Google Podcast Store, but also a few other places. And uh, we'd appreciate it if you'd subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can support us that way. Hit the notification bell so you know when we go live. You can jump in with us there, too. BuckeyesNow.com, your latest for all your written home, especially as we preview this week against Sparty. Craig, what's going on, man? Not much. How you doing? Good, good. Looking forward to uh, a Big Ten opponent in the East that uh, always is a game you circle on your, your schedule every year. The reality is Michigan State probably isn't good enough to beat Ohio State here in, in 2022, but it certainly is a fun game to play because – it's a team that historically has given Ohio State as good a challenge as anybody in this last decade, and uh, it's never an easy place to go play up in uh, East Lansing. So looking forward I'm, to that. I'm sure the team's excited to get the travel bag out, you know, go go yeah. stay in the hotels, do something different on Saturday. Five home games in a row. Obviously, Coach Day after the game thanked the fans for, for supporting them through that five-game stretch because, hey, everybody's got other things going on in their lives, you know, and – it's nice to have a road game sometimes. You can do the yard work in the morning, sit down, watch the game. But I don't think anybody's been cutting grass on Saturdays in Columbus for a while. So it, uh, I'm sure the team's excited to hop on the plane and get up to East Lansing. It's been a while since uh, Michigan State has beat the Buckeyes there. I think last time was 99, I want to say, um, that they knocked them off. But, um, yeah, what, what, what was a game that we had circled on the calendar going into the season is not – not panned out that way, unfortunately. That we can get to that here in a little bit about the the rest of the Big Ten, but yeah, Michigan State might might be uh, at the top of the list for most underwhelming team uh, in the country so far this year. Yeah, and I think that you know that certainly wasn't anticipated, right? We really thought coming into the year that maybe just Mel Tucker had the magic touch when it came to the transfer portal. Um, he obviously, you know, from two years ago to last year, there was a massive turnaround for the Spartans. And maybe that conversation should have started and stopped with Kenneth Walker. But there were other guys that that played well for Sparty. Uh, but the Buckeyes haven't lost to Michigan State, period, since 2015. 
And actually, that's the last time Ohio State lost a conference game at home. Um, you know, obviously, this is a road game. And to your point, the last time the Buckeyes lost in uh, in East Lansing was an awfully long time ago, November 6, 1999. They lost 23-7 to that day. So it's been uh, an awfully long time since the Buckeyes have, have come home unhappy from uh, from East Lansing. I don't think Ohio State's in trouble this weekend. I guess based on what we've seen around college football this year, you you really truly never know. But Michigan State's pass defense is not good. I think that's just a really kind way to say they're not having a very yeah, good year. And Ohio State has a quarterback and a group of wide receivers that all should get Heisman consideration. I just don't really see Michigan State giving the Buckeyes a, a hell of a test. Yeah, with Michael Penix earlier in the year, with him being at Washington now, I think he put up almost 400 um, yards against Michigan State. This one could get ugly early. Um, as long as the – I don't have looked at a forecast up there, but I feel like every time they play up there, it's raining. Um, unless it's downpouring, yeah, I'd expect the same from C.J. Stroud on Saturday. Well, we'll kind of dive into more <laughs> about this specific matchup as the week goes along too, but wanted to take a moment to – to try and address, uh, you know, the fact that Coach Day is going to preview the game this afternoon and and maybe just share a couple of our thoughts of things we hope to hear from him. Uh, and then after he uh, after he's done talking, you can check out our YouTube channel and, and Andrew Lind and I will give you a Buckeye report uh, and react to what we heard. But in the meantime, I, I think the, the biggest question off the top is simply just about the health of the team, right? I mean, you know, what's it going to take for Travion and Jackson Smith and Jigba and and hopefully not long-term injuries for Tanner McAllister or Tyleek Williams or maybe other guys we don't even know about because it seems like it's been, well, pretty much impossible to follow any kind of an injury report <laughs> around this team this year. Unless it's getting but, longer. Yeah, you know, you, you just kind of wonder. I mean, I, I've asked after the game last week, I, I asked Julian Fleming, I asked Zach Harrison, Javante Jean-Baptiste, Teron Vincent, Steel Chambers asked all of them about the intensity that they have been going through in practice and just wondered, look, I'm not saying that they need to to, to ratchet it down a little bit, but um, could practice on Tuesday and Wednesday being as hard as these guys talk about, could that be contributing somehow to what might be soft tissue injuries or, or things that guys just aren't able to work through? Because it's frustrating when you're not at full health. It is. And, and that's a great question that you asked those guys. It's something as a fan I've been wondering about because I, I heard Jim Knowles talk about um, leading up to the uh, Toledo game. They wanted to do more one on one, good on good in practice. And I don't think to your point, I don't think we're there quite yet that, hey, we need to ratchet it back. We need to uh, do more scout team, maybe more walkthrough stuff. I don't think they're there yet injury wise. If they have a linebacker go down or a D end or that's when you're probably going to start thinking about it with. The, the lack of depth you have now in the secondary with the injuries back there. But, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a valid question. It's, it's something if they're talking about these practices being so hard earlier in the week and guys are getting banged up on Saturday and can't go, that list is getting to the point where it, you need to start thinking about it. At, at least I don't think we're to the point of, of putting a stop to good on good in practice, but yeah, that list keeps growing every week. I, I want to know too, what it's going to take for Jair Brown to get on the field a little bit more because I got to be, that's my well number enough. one question. Yep. He's he, to me, he's played well enough to earn the opportunities and Denzel Burke is having a tough year and there's no way that the coaching staff doesn't see that on film. 
and they they obviously think or feel a certain way about Denzel that they keep giving him opportunities to start games. You want to give guys a chance to work through things. You wouldn't pull CJ Stroud just because he had a bad day. Um, but eventually somewhere along the way, like when you, when you're trying to evaluate where the Buckeyes could be vulnerable, there aren't a whole lot of, you know, a whole lot of areas there. And the reality is they're probably not going to lose until November 26th when they're even going to play another legitimate, competent, big time team. I'm, I'm not trying to knock Penn state, man. They're, they're decent, but I don't think Penn state is on Ohio state's level. It's not going to be the, the whiteout game. It's, it's Ohio state has shown it can stop the run this year. I, I don't think Penn state has the kind of aerial attack to be able to hit downfield shots against Ohio state. I just don't see, I don't see how Ohio state goes to happy Valley and loses. I'm actually more worried about playing Talia Tunga by and Maryland mm-hmm. than I am playing Penn state, but that's looking down the road here a bit. Um, again, I, I know there's a lot of eyeballs on the secondary. I know people are a little frustrated by some of the things they've seen. And, and Denzel Burke has taken the lion's share of the criticism because while he has certainly made some good plays this year, he's also the only one that seems to be consistently making bad plays uh, or getting beat. And that's got to stop. The midseason number change is concerning. I don't know what's up with that. I want to find out why he changed his number because <laughs> it's if guys are giving him a hard time, it's like, hey, who's the who's new number ten out there? You know, it's it's <laughs> oh, it's the same guy. So that weird move there, I've never seen that. But um, for Jair Brown not to play Saturday with what we saw, especially because Jim Knowles has had a quick trigger on guys. So with Denzel Burke giving up another back shoulder touchdown, and and J.K. Johnson's you know getting that start because Cam Brown's out. I was a little surprised we didn't see Jair get in get in there. Do you bench Denzel right away after that touchdown? Probably not. You probably completely crush that kid's confidence totally if you do I mean, that. J- Jair played. He just didn't – he didn't come in when you when, thought. When it mattered, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Um, he, got, he, got in, he got the garbage time, you're right. But yep. it it's – the concern level with Denzel Burke is starting to get, get up there a good amount. Yep, um, I think on yesterday's show – I think I said six and a half with Penn State or sorry, Penn State um, with Michigan State having Peyton Thorne at quarterback who gives it up just as much as he does to his team as the other team. I'm really hoping this week Denzel has a good game and gets that confidence back. If he has another bad game against this level of quarterback and the receiving core that they're going up against, then the alarm bells are really singing. Um, And it might be time when Cam Brown gets back to maybe try a game of Cam Brown and and J.K. Johnson. Yeah, agreed, for sure. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Okay. Um, I, I want to turn the attention to just some Big Ten talk here for a moment. You know, the, the big news over the weekend is that Paul Christ gets let go in Wisconsin. And I mean, I, I understand the general trend in college football right now. Um, I don't like it. And I mean, it's certainly cold blooded, but it feels a little phony. And, and let me kind of explain this for a second. You know, Part of the problem is that we have a December signing day because some of these schools decide they want to cut ties with coaches midseason so that they can, quote unquote, not lose ground in recruiting because of the signing day as as much or as little as a couple months away. That's definitely part of the problem. And if we move the signing day, maybe we wouldn't see so many of these midseason firings because you couldn't use that to justify it anymore. Um, we've already seen several power five coaches lose their jobs already mid-year. And I just think it's, I think it's kind of a shame because, you know, we're, we're, we're turning college football into something that it shouldn't be. Um, and Paul Christ is the latest example. He, he went 67 and 26 over his time at Wisconsin, 43 and 18 in the big 10. He won three big 10 West titles. He finished top 15 in the country three times. He twice won a New Year's Six Bowl game, was two times a Big Ten Coach of the Year. He's a Wisconsin alum. He grew up around the program. Like, what are you doing? I, I, I understand that maybe things looked a little bit better toward the beginning of his tenure than they had recently. And, and when your athletic director comes out literally this past week, even after they got curb stomped by Ohio State, Newsflash, everybody is right now. When, when your athletic director comes out this week and says his job's not in jeopardy, we are confident and comfortable with him leading the program and everything is good, to, to then turn around and have a, a bad performance at home against Illinois for sure and against your former coach in Brett Bielema and to suddenly pull the, pull the rug out from underneath him. I, I mean, I know Herm Edwards was fired. I know Colorado, Georgia Tech uh, obviously made changes and, and, and Scott Frost was let go. This one stunned me. I was mm -hmm. floored that Wisconsin fight. Like maybe in the offseason, his seat could get a little warm, but to, to fire Paul Christ, I thought was outrageous. And it makes me wonder okay, what if you're firing a guy, you better have a plan. And the only things I can think of right now about the plan for Wisconsin are that either they really want to see what Jim Leonard could do running a program, and you're going to give him two months to, to showcase that he can do it, or in the weirdest world we've ever lived in, Wisconsin and Nebraska are fighting for Kansas's coach. Uh, <laughs> and, and Lance Leopold maybe is like the hottest yeah. under 500 overall coaching record guy. Um, because for those that don't know Lance's background, he won six national championships at Division Three Wisconsin-Whitewater before he went to Buffalo, before he went to Kansas. And 
I mean, Lance is not like one of these, you know, young, hot new coaches that everybody wants to throw a bunch of money at. He's in his like mid to upper 50s, but he's a good football coach. There's some mm-hmm. there is some component of like you can either coach ball or you can't. And Lance Leopold is a really, really good football coach. Maybe Wisconsin doesn't want to have a guy of that caliber who has ties to Wisconsin football in general. Maybe they don't want to see him go to Nebraska. I, I don't know. I can't see a situation where either Jim Leonard or Lance Leopold doesn't take that job. And and if it's somebody else, I feel like Wisconsin whiffed. But I, I just don't understand the firing in the first place. I watched the press conference from Wisconsin yesterday, um, actually two days ago on Sunday, and their athletic director said that the the $16.4 million you know, a buyout for Coach Christ was not the number they eventually settled on. I saw that. I, I just I don't get it, man. I, I think it's I think it's a bad look for college football when you do it. I think it boils down. I think you made you nailed it with it all stems from the December signing day, in my opinion, too. These it's turning into the NFL kind of where, hey, we need to get our coach fired so we can scoop the next guy. That's what it's going to turn into with the December signing day. If they don't like if these schools aren't liking what's going on through week five, week six. I think this is the new trend. Um, you fire your coach either. I don't know if you hire um, the outside guy right away midseason. I don't think we'll probably see that if there's a hot name on the market. I think I don't think that's going to start being the trend. You'll have the interim guy, but you almost have a backdoor deal with that with that hot name on the market. But let me pose this to you real quick. I don't know if it's something that we'll see because you mentioned uh, Kansas's coach is probably being a a replacement. What about Toledo's coach? And he brings the Quan Fenn with him behind that offensive line. That could be something intriguing to me. Wisconsin needs to hire an offensive guy with the offensive line. They, they haven't had creativity on offense since they had Russell Wilson. Um, and, and Graham Mertz has not lived up to the billing. So if they could, hey, if, if I'm uh, Jason Candle's agent, I'm making a call. Hey, I'm uh, I'd be interested interested, and I'm bringing a, a quarterback that well, could probably and, and do Candle better than Graham Mertz. Be, there were there are people that think Candle might be on the hot seat in Toledo, and I I, I think you're onto something. I would counter with if Wisconsin doesn't offer Jim Leonard the job, how realistic is it that he stays? Because yeah, any, any offensive minded coach in the country would give him a legitimate shot at, at staying on as a defensive coordinator but what are his aspirations I don't know Jim Leonard I don't I don't know what his aspirations are I I know that he's had one of the best defenses in college football basically every year during his tenure if he wants to run a program and he's going to get a shot to show in the meantime that that he can if they play reasonably good football I don't know how they could afford to not give him that opportunity especially when he turned out an opportunity to coach with the Green Bay Packers to stay on and coach Wisconsin, even though he lost seven starters this year on defense. Um, I agree they need an offensive injection. But again, that's why I think it's stupid that they fired Paul Christ in the middle of the season because unless you know Leonard's the guy and you're going to give it to him, you are really risking losing him in addition to Paul Christ, and they, they must have felt like Christ wasn't the guy, and that's why they were moving on from him. But it, it's just not a move that makes a lot of sense to me. Wisconsin doesn't fire football coaches. This is the first time they fired a guy 
I think it was like 1989 was the last thing I uh, last you know time I, I read that they did it. Um, What's this I'm say sure about they Michigan? Had Barry Alvarez's blessing in doing this yeah. because of of his involvement both with the school still and with the Big Ten. There's no way they didn't run this by Barry. I, I don't get it, man. I really don't what's, get it. Another question, big question I have is, what's this say about Michigan? I think Chris and Harbaugh yeah. retired the same year. Chris Not has only more that, wins. They had basically the got same more, percentage. They yeah, won 72 or 73% of their games. Now, the difference, yeah. Harbaugh finally got over the hump last year, won the Big Ten, and, and you know made the college football playoff where they proceeded to get curb stopped. Um, but – you know, at least Wisconsin's been in the Big Ten title game several times. Again, several top 15 finishes. They've won New Year's six games. They've had Jonathan Taylor's absolutely one of the best running backs in the NFL now and was arguably the best running back in the last several years, not just the year that he that he played college football. Um, Braylon Allen tweeted, hey, nobody in this locker room wanted Coach Christ fired. I again, this is not supposed to be a knock Wisconsin show, but like I just don't, I don't get it, and I don't like the direction college football is going with some of this stuff. It's a, it's a brutal business, man. And I mean, how, how are you supposed to tell a guy that wins almost on average yeah. over ninety-three games? He won three out of four, ninety-three games yeah, with a, a winning percentage of almost seven fifty, and you're fired. Are you kidding? Right, and translating that into uh, who Ohio State has this week in Michigan State, if you're Mel Tucker and you see that come across, you're like, "Whoa, am I am I next?" If they're already pulling, if they're pulling the trigger on a guy that won like that, and I had a team that was supposed to be pretty dang good going into the season, and I'm sitting at and sitting in last in the in the division right now, um, close to last, it's like, uh, okay, I might be next because they gave him that big deal of that ten. What did he get? Hundred million dollars. So it's like, hey, this. Uh, yeah, I might be next if I don't clean it up. If if they're firing coaches, and it stems back to the original point, it's the December signing day that I think is going to accelerate these firings. Um, but yeah, Mel Tucker right now, that investment on him, the return on that initial investment's not looking too hot. No, and and you know, look, they're they're probably going to struggle this weekend against the Buckeyes. I don't I don't know what the final score is going to be. It's it's early in the week, and we'll kind of dive in more as the week goes along on some of the things we're going to watch for. But th- their pass defense has not looked good at all the last couple of years, and it doesn't look any better right now. And they're about to play, hands down, number one, the best offense in the country. And I don't know how they don't get shredded this weekend. I mean, I, I fully expect C.J. Stroud – to have a big day. I think the offense is going to absolutely put up 500 yards and there's no way they're going to score fewer than 40 points unless they play blindfolded. I mean, I, I just don't see it. Yeah. Maryland putting up 500 yards against them and, and Penix at Washington throwing for almost 400. It's going to be, it's going to be ugly for Michigan state on defense Saturday. Yep. Any, uh, any other thoughts you want to hear from coach day as he talks to the media this afternoon? Just the – he always doesn't say much, but just the – like you said, the injuries, uh, the list gets longer. Um, second thing would just be Jair Brown, getting him in more meaningful snaps. If And you got to be careful the way you phrase that question so you get a, a real answer out of Coach Day. Um, but almost wanting to feel out how short the leash is getting on Denzel Burke. Like, hey, is there is there a rotation with Jair in there? And 
J.K. Johnson until Cam Brown gets back, or what's that look like? Um, but yeah, those, those are those are a couple things mainly uh, from Coach Day, and then um, just going into um, going into Saturday, um, this game not being what it was supposed to be going into the season. I'm sure the guys are excited to play their first road game, uh, go play uh, against the where the fans are rooting against you. It's always exciting to go into an environment uh, on the road. It's not going to be that hostile environment that we thought it would be. Um, I think it's four o'clock kick Saturday, but just keeping that competitive stamina up. I'm sure the Michigan State crowd is probably going to be a little bit sleepy. It'll probably be a, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if there's more Ohio State fans in there and you hear the OHIO going around the stadium, but it, uh, yeah, I just really hope as a fan that this game lived up to what we thought it would be. It's just a major letdown that Michigan State is is this bad. Yeah, it is. And and again, like I want the Big Ten to be better. I'm I'm frustrated and disappointed by the fact that I don't see really high quality play from around the league. I thought maybe Minnesota could be making a move, and then they played this weekend. Purdue. Once again, it's Purdue. Every year, it's like they're like the bad ex-girlfriend that just keeps coming back. It's like, hey, leave me alone. Big Ten West, leave me alone. Just Purdue. Either step up and be that team in the West, or just go away. Quit, quit ruining the, the one good team that we have on that side. They need to, they need to get rid of the divisions. It's, it's getting to that point, honestly. Yep. Where it's just like the Big Ten West is just unbearable right now to watch. It's really. frustrating. It's definitely frustrating to watch for sure. All right. We're looking forward to hearing from Coach Day. We'll stream his press conference live as we do every Tuesday. He's scheduled to speak starting at noon. We are also expected to hear from Jim Knowles and from uh, running backs coach Tony Alford. So make sure you catch that uh, over on our YouTube channel starting uh, right around 12 noon Eastern time here this afternoon. In the meantime, please subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos like this. We'd love to give you our reaction and our thoughts and opinions on the team. We'll, uh, we'll post daily podcasts throughout the course of the week to get you ready for the Buckeyes and the Spartans. And for all the latest on Ohio State football, head over to BuckeyesNow.com. For Craig Heisen, I'm Brendan Gulick. Thanks for joining us here this morning. Look forward to seeing you over at the Woody here in just a little while.